What's up, guys, and welcome to Mission Accomplished, our brand new podcast. Because the world needed another one. <laughs> yes, because the world needed yet another podcast. We are so, so excited about this podcast, guys. We have been working on it for months, and we're just really, really excited to bring you a new avenue of content separate from the channels you usually see me and Garrett behind camera on. If you guys don't know who we are, my name is Michelle. I'm Garrett. We are engaged. We are also business partners, and we have a show called Challenge Accepted, where in each episode I take on a brand new community, lifestyle, or profession, ranging from training at actual Marine boot camp to training with NASA astronauts to working with an Olympic figure skater for three months leading up to an actual competition. Um, in this show, which I'm sure a lot of you guys know us from already, we have experienced and met with so many people who have accomplished the wildest things in the world. And throughout our experiences, we have learned so, so much that can't be contained in just a 30-minute episode. We have some great topics for you today. We're going to hit you with some quarantine questions. I know everyone's got their opinion on quarantine right now. And we want to be super clear and upfront that for the next hour of your time with us, we want to talk about some of the the mental health side, the practical side, the realistic side of using time in quarantine to benefit you the best. I have read so many of these memes, articles, reviews on everything, and there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff. So we're going to give our honest feedback on how we've applied positivity, motivation, and productivity in quarantine. We're also going to talk about episodes of Challenge Accepted that were canceled because of quarantine, uh, what we're doing to still make those happen, and then a super secret episode of Challenge Accepted that we are about to start filming. During quarantine. In quarantine. How exciting. Very exciting. All right. So stay to the end to hear all, all that, that shit. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited, you guys, for this podcast because right now on the channel, I feel like you only experience us in a very polished half-hour episode format, and I want to just have a space where we can live and breathe a little bit more and be a little more unedited and ourselves. And I'm really excited for you guys to also get to know Garrett more intimately because he is such an integral and important part of the work that we do. Oh, thank you. I love you. I love you too. Okay. So before we get into it, we need to establish the three rules of Mission Accomplished. Are you ready? There are rules. Rule number one. Always be nice. Always be nice. Rule number one. Rule number two is let your partner Speak. Rule number two. Let your partner speak. Let your partner speak. It is important to not only say your opinion, but to listen. Listen. 
Rule number three, obviously, is wash your, your hands. hands. Wash your hands, guys. It's a pandemic. Okay, so what are the three rules of this podcast? Rule number one, always, always be, be nice. nice. Rule number two, let your partner speak. And rule number three, wash your hands. You Honestly, just do it. Those are my new life rules. They should be all of our life rules. <laughs> now that we've established the rules, we can get into the nitty gritty. I actually went on my on my uh, Instagram and asked the <laughs> fans questions that they had. Uh, and one question that came up a lot, which I actually want you to speak on, is how do you stay motivated to do anything in quarantine? Specifically in quarantine? Specifically in quarantine. Because I've had a hard time staying motivated with a lot of different things. Uh, some things easier than others. Uh, but how do you, the, the, the badass that you are, stay motivated day to day? It's strange that you say that because I feel like I've also been struggling with demotivation during quarantine and have relied a lot on you to help me get through things. I'm very lucky to have you as a partner to help me through that. Um, motivation, I think everyone across the board is struggling with it. I don't care how perfect your favorite Instagram influencers photos are behind the camera. I'm sure they're struggling too. So what is the thing you are struggling most right now in quarantine? The thing that I'm struggling with the most right now in quarantine well, I kind of was going through phases. The first two weeks, it was sort of like anger and denial because we had a really big challenge accepted episode that we had planned for three months get completely canceled because of quarantine. And it was a lot of just being unhappy and angry about normal everyday things being taken away, um, like the gym. Closing down was a really big moment for me. I know that feels like light years ago by this point, but that sucked because in many ways, that's a happy place for me. Um, not getting to see friends. We had to cancel your birthday party. That sucked. Um, all of that was really hard. And then the second two weeks, weeks three and four of quarantine, were about dealing with the monotony of living my every single day of my life Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, within the same confine of this apartment. Um, we, we know we're you know incredibly privileged to be able to work from home. So thankful for that. Um, but I had a lot of trouble measuring accomplishment within mm -hmm. quarantine, and that's something I worked with my life coach Jody on a lot, um, who we're going to talk about a lot on this podcast, I'm sure, because she's awesome and is the source of a lot of our success. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I was telling Jody that I feel like every day is the same, and I started journaling a lot, uh, and what I would have to do at the end of every day is write out all the things that I did and realize, oh, wow, I still did all 10 things on my to-do list, even though I don't have that visual memory of driving to the gym or driving to a meeting or getting ready for a specific thing that I'm doing I still did a lot of those things in different ways, such as working out from home, taking a Zoom call instead of driving somewhere else in the city to meet up with somebody. Um, and so I think redefining accomplishment 
was really crucial for me, not just to do for during quarantine, but I'm excited to apply that to normal life as well. But as far as motivation, something that's been really helpful to me is making sure I move every day. So I'm a person who's very connected to my body physically. And when I disconnect from that, my whole world falls apart in a way. Yeah, you, you witnessed that. For you, exercise, working out is deeply connected to your mental health and overall happiness. So when gyms across the country get closed down, it's not just, oh, boo-hoo, I don't have a place to exercise. It's, oh, no, that was the thing keeping me yeah. mentally happy. And in a way, it's a part of my job. Um, mm. it's, a, it's a part of my job to maintain, at least I think, a certain level of physical strength and health so that whenever I enter the next challenge accepted training period, I'm ready to go in a lot of ways. Um, and when that is taken away, it sort of feels like I can't fully do my job. So that was a lot to unpack. You said a couple of different things there. Uh, so let's kind of lay those lay those things out. So you said you struggle with, uh, you had to cancel an episode of Challenge Accepted, mm -hmm. uh, working out, uh, measuring success. So I kind of want to talk about each of those points. Uh, so for the people listening, we can talk about that episode of Challenge Accepted. So we were yeah. in, we were in pre pro for this highly requested episode of challenge accepted so basically for three months we were working on this crazy episode of challenge accepted wherein i would get to do a 24-hour ambulance shift and experience a lot of high intensity paramedic training we had planned it for saint patrick's day because traditionally there's a high call volume on saint patrick's day specifically for alcohol related issues duis and over Thank Christmas, New Year's, New Year's Eve. Over New Year's, New Year's we, Eve. We had a run in with a, uh, with a drunk experience where someone, a drunk experience. someone we were around, was, was left on a balcony, intoxicated and, and left poisoning. alone, and we had to act. And we were like, "Man, I really wish we mm -hmm. knew." all the steps that we should be taking now. Now, yeah. we went to college. You know, we know the sort of shorthand, like, what to do. I mean, that's what inspired it, honestly, was seeing um, seeing someone with alcohol poisoning and being at this party and literally nobody there actually knows what to do when someone has alcohol poisoning was really disappointing. And I was disappointed in myself that I couldn't do more. Obviously, we like Googled stuff and like safely moved the person indoors and whatnot. But a lot more could have been done. And so I felt a lot of responsibility. And immediately I was like, Garrett, we have to do a paramedic episode. And for the record, we ended up calling an ambulance to take care of it. Yes. We didn't... Always call an ambulance if you don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, we didn't just decide not to and listen to Google. But we wish we could have done both like yeah known the training and also called in professionals so that we could take care of that person appropriately before the professionals step in exactly so that getting canceled really sucked because our challenge accepted episodes take anywhere from three to 12 months to produce and when one of them goes away it's sort of like losing a big project or something you've just been working on for a really long time and 
especially now with what's happening in the world, it would have been a timely and important episode to share, to showcase what medical personnel are actually doing in the world. And it's gone for now. We're going to reschedule it. But that was, yes, that was really tough. And I had to shift my motivation from being upset that it went away to being thankful that, oh, we have four or five other videos that we can just edit now and focus on that and work on other parts of our business, such as this podcast. So that was a mental shift for me. Yeah, I think the episode being canceled was sort of like you realizing, oh, I don't have like a job to go to for the next couple weeks. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. we're working on a lot of projects uh, and I don't want to compare our situation to people who are being laid off or unemployed no, during this time. But it was that sense of uh, not having a purpose for that period of time. Yeah, you know, it's sort of like your favorite part of your job is taken away because mm -hmm. I would say probably filming is our favorite part. We love being in production yeah. for these episodes. Uh, so that was one one big change that happened through quarantine. Number two, uh, working out, and you you pretty much already went into that. Um, can mm -hmm. you tell, talk to me? Because uh, I've also struggled with this. Uh, mm -hmm. I at this point in time, I have really fallen in love with weightlifting, and that being taken away from me was was difficult to grapple with um, because those types of workouts can't necessarily be replicated in the home easily. You and need heavy cheaply. weights. You need heavy weights. So even though I still have a workout plan that shifted for my needs, it's not it was it didn't feel the same. Our trainer so kindly put together an online program for us to follow. So we use an app and kind of go through it every day to do our workouts. But it we we even we miss them sometimes i know we, and it's crazy because you think we would be less busy and more available to do working out during that time but i think what both of us need to work on better probably is like nick has our trainer has said to us is scheduling it in every day rather than just saying we'll do it at 11 like putting it in a calendar and and holding ourselves accountable to it because that's an important part of our day for both of us so what what have been techniques you have found useful to keeping yourself accountable to exercise daily well well we're, we're not doing a great job right now yeah. so well i would but say what can we do i'm more probably of? exercising four to five days a week i'm currently not. you're probably exercising three days a week i would say three is a safe bet <laughs> which to be fair is more than i had ever done in my life three for me yes but is, usually in non-quarantine you're working out five times a week with a trainer and also running Yes. on top of that. So, I mean, we've had a huge shift in training volume and that obviously impacts not only your physical health, but also your mental health as well. I think not having exercise affected my mental health more than I expected it to. Really? I, you didn't tell so. me that. I'm telling you now. I, I feel like I, I, I just don't know if I 100% noticed it. It took a while before sometimes I'm like, man, I wonder why I'm feeling this way today. Oh, maybe it's because I didn't have my hour of weightlifting like I normally do. So still still figuring that out. Yeah, I, I am so excited for the gyms to reopen. Um, but yeah, I think like if you are in quarantine and trying to figure out what online programs interest you or are worth your time and money i'm gonna leave a couple links 
in the description. Can I do that on a podcast? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can. I'm going to leave some links in the description for you guys to check out. Um, There are a lot of great online resources, but the key thing is scheduling it in your day the day before and also having somebody to hold you accountable. Something that my sister and I did this past weekend was we FaceTime worked out. That's cool. So we put on FaceTime and then we both hit play on a YouTube video at the same time. And it was so great because I, in a way, it was sort of like going to the gym with a buddy and I couldn't let her down. And I also had somebody to hold me accountable. So I was pushing myself harder in the workout as well. So FaceTiming workouts, I recently did a Zoom group class. That was so fun. So this actually brings up an interesting point. We were considering this. Uh, Would any of you be interested if Michelle hosted some like online workout classes, almost like a Zoom call where you can call in and be a part of the class with her? Just to all hold each other accountable. Is that something anyone here would be interested in? Let we, us know in the comments. Because <laughs> it's something we were considering, but we didn't know, oh, what, how popular would it be? And is it worth? And we were considering like like maybe charging and then putting that money towards COVID relief. Mm-hmm. That could be a cool way to to help and support other people during this time. Yeah. So I just a thought. Enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I think like, again, those first two weeks of quarantine were so hard because we were all just like in this huge routine shift, which is shocking to anyone. Anytime you make a change in your routine, it it affects your whole life. And I think it's it's, it's really made clear to me the things that matter to me and to my happiness and eating well, eating healthy, moving my body every day seeing an actionable list of items that I will set out to do and achieve every single day has been really, really important during quarantine. So the third thing on the list was measuring success in quarantine. This is an interesting point. Uh, measuring success on your day-to-day is much easier because you're used to, you, you know how much you normally would get done in a normal work day or a weekend. Uh, right now what is what has been the struggle with you with measuring success the struggle for me is that i'm a visual person so when i in normal life rest in peace normal life when i in a normal day non-quarantine just thinking back on my day at the end of the day i can visually remember i went here i did this i i had this meeting i sent this email those are all visual markers but when everything takes place within the home and everything sort of looks the same it all over blends and over again, together. Yeah, yeah, it kind of blends, exactly, it blends together. And I would hit the end of a day and feel unaccomplished. So then I had to start journaling, like I was telling you, to write out, oh, yeah, these are the 15, 10, 15 things I did today. Wow, I did more than I thought. Another thing that's been great for measuring success in quarantine, and I've seen a lot of people on social media do this, is revamping your living space we've been doing a lot We're of doing that. a ton of that on our end this we redid the studio podcast studio. completely redid the office upstairs we flipped the locations of both um i'm that has been really helpful because it that's a visual way i can remember oh that's something we've done and it's a positive way to improve my living and workspace so i think a lot of people are doing it on social media because Quarantine has really made me think a lot about the things that have been at the bottom of my to-do list. 
And if we didn't have quarantine, I don't think we would have redone the studio and, and no. flipped our spaces, update, updated the office because it's always like you don't have time to do it. And um, to be clear, if you are getting out of bed every day and just like existing in the world and moving through your day, honestly, that might be enough for quarantine. I don't like this. I, I really don't like this sentiment that I've seen passed around on social media that if you don't get the if you don't get things done during quarantine or achieve your goals then it's not about you never had enough time it's that you don't have the motivation I think that's completely false we're literally in a pandemic the world <laughs> is going crazy the economy is completely collapsing if you get out of bed every day and do just one thing to positively influence your life or improve yourself or get outside safely then that's enough like feel okay with that um but also I think it's cool to think deeply about why are those things at the bottom of your to-do list always at the bottom so we briefly mentioned a challenge accepted episode that we were working on while in quarantine a secret a top secret episode mm -hmm. would you like to talk about it Yes, guys, I am so excited about this episode because we are diving into a community that has been highly requested and also one that intimidates me a lot, which is I am going to be training like a professional gamer for six weeks. I can't believe we're saying this. Like, here's the announcement. We have not told anybody yet. <laughs> we haven't told anybody. For six weeks, you will be training uh, to play Fortnite. Fortnite. And then at the end, you will be in a celebrity tournament to be playing for two hundred thousand dollars for charity so you better do huge a good job. stakes all right so give me the quick rundown what should we expect in this episode guys this episode is going to be the real deal we have a professional Fortnite coach who's going to be coaching me i'm going to be mentored by the bumble gingy all women's Fortnite team they kick ass and I'm basically going to be entering the world of professional esports and seeing what it's all about. I have been given a training plan. Yes, a full on training plan, just like any normal physical challenge accepted. I'm just excited to see Michelle play video games <laughs> six hours a day for the next six Yeah, weeks. I'm supposed to play anywhere from two to six hours a day minimum. Minimum. Um, I also have a health and nutrition plan that I am supposed to follow. So it's a very holistic approach, which is really exciting. Um, after quarantine lifts, we're also going to get to check out the professional training facility that they have, which is super state of the art and awesome. And this is just a perfect episode to do well in quarantine because most of the coaching happens over streaming mm -hmm. anyway. Uh, so we're actually, we're actually able to film you playing, the coach coaching you, all from the comfort of her home. So that's very exciting that we found something that we can give to you guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'll tell you why I am nervous about this episode. Because I know that the gaming community is very opinionated. And very loud. I'm somebody who didn't grow up with video games, really. Um, my neighbors had an N64 and we would play Smash Brothers every now and then. But it wasn't very good. And I did have a Game Boy Color, but like I didn't, I only played Pokemon a little bit on it. Again, was not that good. I didn't even, 
win the game, catch them all. How do you say it? Um, How far did you get in Pokemon? I don't even know. <laughs> Probably catched a couple Ratatats. But like, never mind. I don't see. See, this is the problem. I'm embarrassed, and uh, I I think that I never really got into it because I'm not good at it. <laughs> That's embarrassing to say because video games, not necessarily esports, but video games are meant to begin from a place of fun. And I get frustrated easily with video games. Michelle is going to be a very angry rage I'm gonna, quitter. I'm going to be so angry all the time. Like, I, I already know I'm going to, like, Garrett's going to have to make me take water breaks. <laughs> You're going to rage quit constantly. You are going to... I, I, what is rage quit? Rage quit is when you just get so angry and frustrated at a game that you just you quit. You stop playing. You just Altogether? Turn, you just turn the console off, turn the computer off. Yeah, that's going to be me. It's going to be you. Definitely going to be You're me. You're going to be very, very uh, frustrated, I think, because Fortnite is a challenging... First of all, you're playing Fortnite. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big Fortnite person, but you having to learn how to play a first-person shooter for the first time on top of the building mechanics... Of Fortnite is going to be incredibly challenging for you. Yeah, it's intense, and I have a lot of respect for the community. One of our friends, Joe, is an editor for Overwatch, and I mean, I, we've seen the the tournament arenas and and the fandoms that exist for these games. So I know I have like, it's an amazing opportunity to get to train with a professional Fortnite coach. I don't take that lightly. So I've got to. You know, I'm going to rev it up. I'm going to get serious. I will not rage quit. <laughs> so growing up, you said you had a Game Boy Color. Uh-huh. And an N64. No, neighbors had an N64. Neighbors had an N64. So My sister had a GameCube, but I like never got into it. Okay, so so far, only ventured into Nintendo. Correct. We never had PlayStation, Xbox, PC, any of that. Have you even played like Solitaire? Yeah. What kind of question is that? Like on a Windows computer? Yeah. I'm just trying to yes. think of the level Sorry. of like... We had like a Windows computer before okay. most... Before Macs became more popular. And yes, I have played pinball, solitaire, those kinds of online games. I played Minesweeper, but I didn't understand it. So I was just clicking randomly. Have you ever played a first person shooter? Uh, have you ever? I've played the SpongeBob game on GameCube. Is that a first battle for Bikini Bottom? I have as well. It's Is first person. What do you do? <laughs> do you, I don't remember what you do in that game. Uh, you kind of run around Bikini Bottom and complete different areas. Is that first? I don't know. Well, he obviously I, doesn't have a gun. I asked first person shooter, so a game that is specifically oriented around you shooting and it is in first person. So your no. Call of Duty is no, your I battlefields. Okay. I think it was also because my mom thought the games were really violent. I recently introduced Skyrim to you and you played fifteen minutes I played an hour. An hour of Skyrim. I enjoyed Skyrim. You enjoyed it? Okay. But then I started getting stressed because you told me in Skyrim that depending on how you play the game, 
everyone has unique gaming experience. Like if you turn left at this rock versus right, your whole storyline could be changed. You know, I'm generalizing here, but. Yeah, there's there's elements of that. Yeah. And that got me really stressed out because I was just thinking about all the different permutations of the game. There are a lot of them. The concept of creating a video game also stresses me out. We've also been watching Mythic Quest. Raven's Banquet. Raven's Banquet on Apple TV Plus. Is that what it's called? Apple yeah, TV it's a, Plus? Yeah. So not... Isn't it bad? Not a fan <laughs> yeah. of the name. Apple I TV like the Plus. So Mythic Quest is this new TV show on Apple TV where Apple... Fuck me. <laughs> it's on there and... Um, it's, it's by a lot of the creators of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it's about a team of developers of this huge video game, and it's so good. Imagine Silicon Valley, but it taking place with a video game development company. Yeah, but, uh, super excited to learn more about the world of video games. As, as you guys know, I'm going to take it super seriously. I'm embarrassed at my lack of knowledge, but... I'm also going to embrace it and attempt to not be ashamed about it. <laughs> we also plan to set up streams where mm-hmm. you guys can watch Michelle stream yeah, I'm before, trying to decide. Wait, before the episode is released. So you will be able to track Michelle's progress in her video game career before the episode is live. And what's really fun is that the final tournament is streamed live on Facebook meaning you will all get to witness the final challenge of the episode live with us. So that's something we haven't been able to do before in the series, and I'm looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to decide if we should do it on Twitch or if I should stream on a separate YouTube channel. Twitch is where it is right now for the most part. However, we're not really planning on pivoting into Twitch like full time. So YouTube, like streaming live on YouTube could also make sense for us. We're still figuring that out. Not really sure what the best answer to that is yet. So last week on Instagram and by last week, I now mean a month ago, I asked my Instagram audience, hey, give me some questions for Michelle that I will <laughs> ask her on the spot. So I'm going to read some of those questions and we'll get some answers, hopefully. Are you nervous? I'm excited. Follow Garrett on Instagram. At Garrett Kennel. Sorry, I'm scrolling through my Tiger King memes to get (laughs) to the questions. I screenshotted them. Secret Mermaid asks, My boyfriend is still made to go to work and I have a bad immune system. Advice? I... We should not do that question. I am not a medical professional. You know, that's part of the gig here is that you don't know what's coming. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Disclaimer, I'm not a medical professional, but that is crazy. I I haven't thought to, I've definitely thought about the situation of being immunocompromised in quarantine and how terrifying that is, especially after seeing Zach Kornfeld's video mm-hmm. about it. And the importance of quarantine specifically for immunocompromised people. And if your partner still has to go to work, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. Especially if you live together, let's say. And Mm -hmm. 
he needs to be called into work, but then comes home to somebody who obviously can't be around that person. And if you live together and there's also less income coming to the household, yeah, how do you, that's a situation. I just thought that that situation was super unique and I didn't know how to answer it. I I didn't have a, the magic solution, not even an idealistic solution to it. That is a situation I have yet to see represented in news media coverage of how to handle quarantine in general. Because I think the obvious first thought is, does your partner have to go in for work? Can they work remotely? And it seems like the answer here is no. Um, And then it becomes a question of, should you stay at separate places during this time if but that possible. might not even be feasible because yeah. a hotel costs and the da- the dangers of going to a hotel and maybe you don't live in the same state as your family mm-hmm. i have no idea what i would do in that situation because yeah you could say maybe we separate out the apartment he sleeps on the couch i sleep in the bed or something like that but there's still going to be crossover in the kitchen things. and it it just doesn't seem possible and and again it really depends on income level i some people might just not have a a choice like i think at this point with how much the virus has affected literally everyone in the world in some way shape or form i think it's everybody's responsibility to be mindful and understanding of what's going on um yeah, especially if the company that the partner works for is a small business under 500 employees, there is a stimulus bill now that is covering payroll for three months for all small businesses as long as they don't lay anyone off. I know this because we are a small business as well. Um, so if they're, it's almost in the business's interest to continue paying this person and allow them to work from home. Yeah, it's just tough because what if they what if the boyfriend works as mm-hmm. a cashier at a at a supermarket? Mm-hmm. Can't do that from home. Right. So, well, I would say first and foremost, your health and safety is always the most important thing. Don't compromise yeah. on your personal health and safety. I know that sounds privileged though. It is. So I honestly have no fucking I clue. I have no idea. That was a really hard question. Out of the out the gate with a tough question. Wow. Raj Patel ninety seven says, How many ways can you rhyme the name Garrett? Garrett. Ferret. Uh, let's let me do it. Oh, I thought we were going back and forth. Oh, ferret. Bear it. Share it. Don't think that counts. Carrot. Got three. Jarrett. Like That's a, a name. name. Another name. Okay, sure. More things rhyme with Garrett than you would expect. Merit. That's that's one of the ones I was going to say. Parrot. There you go. Number six. You're doing great. I'm sure there's more, but we're going to stop this here. Okay. Anna Zhang asks, what was your first date? Are we saving that for the relationship episode? No, we're going to talk about it right here and right now. Oh my God. Okay. So So talk to us about our first date. date. was amazing. It was really romantic. And it was because Garrett said to me, 
you need to be taken on a real date. And it was really hot. I was really turned on when you said that. So what did we do? Oh, yeah. Okay, so Garrett told me to wear a nice dress, which was really exciting, or a nice outfit. Um, And he picked me up, and we went to this fancy Italian restaurant and ordered a ton of pasta and with lots of mushrooms with lots of mushrooms because i love mushrooms michelle loves i mushrooms. love mushrooms now you know and a whole bottle of wine garrett got tipsy i got a little more than tipsy <laughs> and it was amazing and then we went home and garrett played piano and guitar and sang to me and it was just like so romantic and this kind of sounds like i'm a tool when you now that i'm hearing this from your perspective why uh because it sounds like oh i took you out to dinner and then i tried to seduce you with playing music oh i was already seduced okay all you had when when you just said you deserve to be taken on a real date i was like wow i'm in (gasps) great i was turned on from there but like when you were singing and like playing instruments, it, it was just obviously like very textbook romantic. We all, but then it also wasn't just me singing. Like we I were wasn't, singing together. We were playing instruments together. I think that's what was fun. We were yeah. getting to be musically creative. I've never together. had that with another partner. So that was really exciting. Did I do a bad job explaining that? That was great. Okay. But I loved it because... I don't know. I've never been taken on a date like that. And I'm not a person who cares about traditional things or dates or whatever. But it made me realize that I wanted to be with someone who just cared enough to plan a a fun evening. Oh, my God. Now I'm all like giddy. Yay. Katie Marie asks, what is your favorite thing to do at home behind the scenes? I assume this means wait. Like, you answer hobbies? this question. Okay. Uh, I if I'm you, uh, you mean like non-work related? Yeah. Okay. Both of us. Non-work related. My favorite thing to do is play Dungeons and Dragons. I'm a an avid D and D player. I play once a week with my group that has been playing for three years now. Um, we are currently playing now remotely, which has been great. Other than D&D, I sometimes dabble in video games. Recently, I have been very into Sea of Thieves, so that's been fun. Uh, I don't ever read, but I just started reading literally last night. I just started Dune. The only books I'll ever read are fantasy novels. Um, So I just started Dune. That's been really fun so far. Uh, And I just kind of fuck around with music i'm not good at music i am not a i'm not a musician by any means i just like to but like you know how to like you can just pick up an instrument and start playing it it's like i can't read i can't read music because you're so good at it but i can just like play around and amuse myself is 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 all it is i like doing that um i don't like to record or actually make songs i just like to play it's almost like doodling but for music you're also good at doodling I like Garrett's doodling. very talented. So Stop what, underplaying So it. what do you like to do? <laughs> so behind the scenes, I love 
going to the spa, getting massages, face masks, journaling. I love trying new restaurants. A lot of the things I like to do in my free time are honestly just self-care related because normally filming for Challenge Accepted is incredibly physically taxing. So now I want to interpret the question a different way. What do you, what is your favorite thing to do behind the scenes of videos? So when you're not filming, what is your favorite part of the behind the scenes process? Producing, editing, like what do you like? I think my favorite part of the behind the scenes process is producing because that's my job. <laughs> but then also I, I love making a break in producing. And by that I mean, for example, when we get an email back from a certain organization that we've been trying to film with for a long time, like when we got the phone call from the FBI that they were interested in working with us after we had been communicating with them for three months waiting for approval on our video, I get really excited when we have a big breakthrough and we're able to move forward making a crazy video happen. So that actually leads me to my next question. Um, how do you get approval for some of these crazy ass ideas like going to a Marine base or NASA or the FBI headquarters? How, how does that happen? Cold emailing. We, I. <laughs> and our producer And our Iris. producer Iris will, when we decide we want to do a video, let's take... Let's, use Let's F take FBI, FBI as, an as an example. I think that's the most extreme version of this so <laughs> the far. Ex the most extreme version of access granted. Being the first YouTuber ever allowed to film at Quantico. Or the FBI Academy at Quantico. Um, so for FBI, for example, we had a couple ins where one of our friend's dads worked for the FBI for a period of time. We had also done our police episode shortly before and literally on the FBI website under contact us there's a phone number like a 1888 1-800 kind of number and Iris literally called that phone number and got directed around to a bunch of different people until we connected with this person who they refer to as the Hollywood guy <laughs> And uh, he's basically in the department that deals with any sort of FBI portrayals in feature films, television, etc. So, for example, this is the team that worked on the documentary McMillions, which is about the FBI's involvement in the McDonald's scandal. McDonald's Monopoly, McDonald's Monopoly scandal. scandal. Um, they work on shows similar to Criminal Minds, etc., and he like he got a request and was like i'll submit it and let you know what happens um and he's like expect to wait yeah like months yeah yeah we were expecting we were expecting to hear nothing i'm gonna be super clear we weren't expecting anything and then literally like three months later he emails us back and is like you're approved <laughs> but um i mean there obviously i'm leaving out some details which include at this point, now that we have so many episodes done, I feel like 
whenever we reach out to a new organization, they kind of build upon each other such that um, people will say, well, if the Marines let her do it, then we at NASA could let her do it. Right. And that or was, that if was NASA kind of let her do it, then okay, maybe the FBI could. <laughs> so now, now we kind of have established this rapport that we are responsible enough to take on some of these bigger, more protected, coveted uh, institutions. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's how we're able to do it now. But yeah, in the beginning, and even even with FBI, it's honestly just cold emailing and cold calling. I remember Iris cold calling NASA and just saying like, hey. She literally just this, called NASA. Can this YouTuber show up and like run around and do NASA things, some space yeah, things? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people ask us like, oh, how do you do it? And I mean, again, I, I also think another reason that we get access is just like writing good emails, sounding good, professional. A good email goes a long way. It really Michelle's does. very passionate about emails. I love writing emails. I hate writing emails. I love sending an email that's like perfect for those listening can you give them your best email yes tip? all right okay so i think what, what's really cool is that having some basic skills in knowing how to write a good email how to sell yourself presenting your prior projects in a clean and concise way goes sometimes even further than your own expertise or skill set um and, and this applies to like any job or profession beyond youtube but i i think that a good email first of all is concise there's no good email that's like super long um a good email is concise gets to the point uh like a like a good essay has a thesis at the beginning in the first sentence or two about who you are your your degree of legitimacy and what you need because whenever you get an email from someone you just want to know okay what do you want from me or like what what is this about and what can you do for me so if you can summarize that in the first couple sentences that is super crucial so usually in all of our emails we start off with hi my name is michelle Carre. i'm a youtuber with this many subscribers and i'm reaching out to you because fill in the blank and you can do that however you want <laughs> this is my email class <laughs> Um, I'm learning a lot. And then we include like a body in the, the email that's a couple more sentences on our prior work and what we've done before. So we would include links to some of our best videos. And then the final part of the email will be specific requests for what you want. So like with FBI, it would be like, we'd love to discuss the possibility of doing an episode where Michelle experiences FBI Academy and then close out the email with your contact information. Another thing that we do in, in all of these outreach emails is include a one sheet on myself and the channel and the work that we do. And a one sheet is sort of like a pretty nicely graphically designed version of something that showcases your visual, visual and numerical stats as well as a short bio. Michelle's great at writing emails. Uh, she writes emails most of the work day. I do. That seems to be what most of being a YouTuber is now, apparently, is just writing emails. So if you <laughs> want to become a YouTuber. Write emails. Write some some good damn emails. But a good email, it really can catch someone's attention. I have a question for you. Okay. My biggest problem with cold emailing is when I need to email, let's say, oh, 
there's a job that I want to get and I'm reading out to reaching out to a professional who does that job currently just to like pick their brain. One of those, can I oh, sit down and pick your brain emails? No. Okay. So my question is, how do you make that email appealing to the person to get them to say yes? Pick your brain, I think is one of the worst phrases to exist in emails in the history of emails at homemail.com. And it's because, first of all, pick your brain, the visual of that. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I don't know who at what career center said pick your brain is going to be the terminology used to learn briefly from another person, but I hate it. Because Are you literally inv visualizing a like open brain surgery? Yeah. What do you think about? It's gross. I don't think about that. You don't <laughs> But now I understand why you don't like that phrase yeah, I hate so it. much. Well, I also hate it because I think uh, we get a lot of emails asking, can I pick your brain? But here's the problem. Here's the problem with the, can I just take you out to coffee to pick your brain email? The problem is that, and this doesn't necessarily apply to me, huge disclaimer, doesn't apply to me. When you're reaching out to somebody for that, what are they going to get out of this interaction? And I know that's a tough thing to answer, especially if you're in college and you're genuinely just wanting to learn more. But you have to think critically about what can you provide to this person in exchange for their highly valuable time. And because chances are you're not the only yeah, person. Yeah, you're probably not emailing them. Uh huh. So if you're one of twenty people who are all who are all saying, "Hey, can I pick your brain?" You got to figure out what's going to make that person choose you of all of those people. Like what, why is that person going to give time, valuable time out of their day to sit down with you and pick your brain? And I have sent plenty of these emails in, Me in, too. in my life. I've sent a pick your brain email. So did you have <laughs> any that were successful and why were they successful? Okay. I will use the example of the first internship I ever applied for at DreamWorks Animation. So this isn't necessarily a cold email situation, but I think this was something that helped me stand out in my application. So I didn't go to film school and I was applying for this internship that I think like 30,000 people apply for at DreamWorks um, Animation in marketing. Again, didn't go to film school, didn't learn graphic design or anything like that. But at the end of my cover letter, I said, if anything else, I can make a great batch of cowboy cookies. And the recruiter literally told me that he thought like that was unique and interesting. And on my first day at my internship, I brought the whole team a basket of cookies and they love that so I, I brought it on the first day and the last day so that's like literally a super simple thing that I offered honestly as a joke but an execution was appreciated so when you were talking about what can you offer that person in this case it was literally a I literally batch of brought a, a batch of cookies I think the biggest thing is even just being able to offer a positive use of their time hmm. at the root of it because a lot of emails that we get that are not successful are people asking to pick our brain because they're only seeking out, we just want information from you. Um, but the ones that 
are most interesting to me are the ones where people want to collaborate or we've had people reach out about working with us and learning from us in that way and that's beneficial in in both ways because it's more symbiotic yeah yeah you want to think about the symbiotic relationship and if you can't think of literally anything then maybe you're not ready to reach out to that person Mm -hmm. you know i have i have definitely made this mistake of reaching out to in college i reached out to a huge huge movie producer um and asking to pick his brain or whatever and he responded and said, I don't think you're ready. You know, and that sucked. It really sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was right. Like I hadn't worked on any film sets as a production assistant. I hadn't really done anything. So sometimes you need to show initiative in that way first. And that's part of you bringing a positive experience if you're going to meet with someone on an informational coffee is showing that you've done the research and work. Because the last thing you want to do is show up to an informational coffee or general meeting and ask questions that could be Googled. Email advice. And that's why you're watching Mission Mission Accomplished accomplished. for your cold emails advice. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today, guys. Thank you so, so much for joining us for our very first episode of Mission Accomplished. We are excited to dive into more things deeply with you over the next couple episodes. And... At this time on episode launch, I believe we also have episodes two and three available for your listening pleasure as well. So if you are still looking for something to do, want to keep hanging out with us, head on over to episode two. In the meantime, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Michelle Carre and at Garrett Kennel. And if you had no idea what we were talking about this entire time, come on, subscribe to our channel. Thanks for joining. Shout out to my boy, Kevin Svensson. Yeah. And have a nice evening. Or morning. All right. We're going to work on the outro. We will get better at this. I promise you. And since you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations. Mission accomplished. We'll see you next time. Wait, that was cute. I know. That's going to be our our outro. That's a nice outro. Isn't it cute? See ya. Bye. (laughs)